When they finally drove into Kupchorwa, Dr. Mills quietly shuddered. My God. Everyone else in the truck was silent as they drove around an armored vehicle parked in the road with a man standing up through a hole in its roof behind a machine gun. Soldiers were milling around or searching through the remains of burned houses. At the intersection of two dirt roads that was the center of the tiny town, three military vehicles were parked. Four men who appeared to be the officers in charge stood engaged in discussion. Mitch had the driver stop the car near them. He got out with Dr. Mills in tow, skillfully handling the introductions, making it clear that he was the American cultural attaché from Kampala, here to find a missing American college student, and that the doctors were present to search for signs of an Ebola outbreak. Mitch then asked what had happened. The soldiers had only secured the town a half hour earlier, killing nine Arab gunmen in the process. Aside from the obvious, that the place had been systematically burned, no one knew what had transpired or why. With a clear warning to Mitch and the doctors that the army couldn't be responsible for their safety, the army officers went back to their business. Mitch turned toward Dr. Mills, seeing past her that his hired gunmen were out of the cars, casually holding their weapons, ready for whatever might come. Mitch looked around at the blackened walls and collapsed roofs. The whole place smelled of ash and smoke. He coughed. I don't know where to start. Any ideas? Dr. Mills was looking up a road that seemed to point toward Mount Elgin's peak before curving to the east a few hundred meters up. She pointed. I think that's the hospital. You can still see most of the word painted on the front wall. Mitch looked. Indeed, she was right. Several of the letters were obscured by black burns and smoke stains. Are you thinking that if there was an outbreak here, we'd see some evidence of it in the hospital? Exactly, Dr. Mills confirmed. Mitch had four of his men head up to the hospital to make sure it was secure. Let's give them a moment. He turned to address Dr. Mills. Once they get up there, we'll drive the trucks over. She nodded. After yesterday, that sounds fine to me. While they waited, Dr. Mills added, If you can look past the destruction and forget about how many dead there must be. Mitch looked at Dr. Mills. What? She was shaking her head. I was going to say, it's beautiful here. But it was a stupid thought. It was beautiful here. Look at the houses, the huts, the buildings. Somebody systematically burned this whole town. Mitch looked back at the charred structures. He looked up the street to see his hired gunmen checking inside houses and behind walls as they went. They were careful with their lives. I can't imagine how many died. Dr. Mills apparently couldn't stop thinking about the death toll. How many people lived here? Do you know? A thousand, maybe. But most of them probably ran off in the fields and the forests before the fire. People aren't as helpless as they seem sometimes. 
and uneducated doesn't mean stupid. They can still see trouble and know how to get away from it. Mitch squinted up the street. His men were at the hospital, and one was waving for them to come. I don't think we'll find as many dead as the destruction suggests. They got back into the trucks and slowly rolled up the dirt road toward the hospital. The smell of ash took on a different character as they passed what looked like a school. Three rectangular buildings arranged around a central courtyard, dirt worn by the running feet of playing children. Through the broken-out windows, Mitch saw charred, misshapen chaos. Tables, shelves, books, ceiling supports, and a couple of soccer balls among other bits of rubble, or so it appeared.